For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Bollier. Make no mistake, the once roomy purpose bandwagon is filling fast as more brands realize that being a force for good can indeed lead to business growth. Here's a great example. In 2018, Unilever brands that took action to support positive change for people and the planet grew 69% faster than the rest of the business. They also delivered 75% of the company's growth. You heard that right, 75%. The message is clear. Purpose is not just a nice to have, it's key to long-term success. My guest today is the visionary Jim Stengel, who knows all about the power of purpose. He's a former global marketing officer at P&G and a member of the Marketing Hall of Fame. Today, he serves as president and CEO of the Jim Stengel Company, which helps a wide variety of brands activate a higher purpose. Jim has been preaching the good word about purpose for years, and he left the industry abuzz with his acclaimed book, Grow, How Ideals Power Growth and Profit at the World's Greatest Companies. He joins me today to discuss life at P&G, why purpose isn't easy, his company's purpose scorecard, and more. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. Great to be here. So let's start by turning back the clock. You were a rock star at P&G, and when you talked, the industry listened. And then you made the bold decision to start your own business focused on purpose. What gave you the confidence that that was going to be the right move for you at that time? Well, I followed my heart. Yeah, and I thought about it a lot before I left that amazing company. And I had full support of my CEO and my, my key peers. But I, I did some reflection. I was seven years as CMO. Mm -hmm. And we went from $38 billion in sales to 84 So it was a good run. Quintupled our profits. And a key driver of that was rethinking our brands. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways, P&G was my original laboratory for purpose. And the brands that seemed to embrace it authentically and bring it to life across their business systems were the ones that were stepping ahead and leading the growth, much like Unilever's case that, that you just referred to in the introduction. So I, I just had a little bit of a moment where I said, you know, what do I want to do with chapter two or chapter three of my professional life? And I said, well, what really turns me on? And what turns me on is helping people discover and bringing to life their purpose. Mm -hmm. So how could I create a life where that's what I did near 100% of my time? And of course I did that at PNG, but when you're CMO at PNG, you do a lot of other stuff. Sure. So I wanted to, I wanted to you know, I had, I had a, a chat with Maurice Levy at the time, who was the, you know, the chairman of Publicis, since retired, and I was explaining to him what I was thinking about doing confidentially before I announced anything. We were having dinner in Paris, and he just looked at me and said, the greatest gift in life is freedom, and you've earned the freedom to pursue what you love, so do it. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the pivotal moments where I just said, he's right. And, um, and so I decided to leave and focus my whole life on purpose. I wanted to teach it, write about it, continue to learn about it, and see if I, if I could help the, be a small force in helping the industry pivot toward focusing on purpose because I felt it was a better way to do business and a better way to grow. Mm -hmm. To me, it's the only way to grow. Sure. Well, speaking of, of grow, j just quickly, were you in the mid midst of writing your book, Grow, the last few years of your time at PNG? No, I did not want to do that. I want you know, wh while I was at PNG, I wanted 100% of my focus to be on the people and the brands and the purpose of the company. So I was thinking about the book. It was brewing. I was talking to at the time some of the people at uh, Millward Brown about possibly 
you know, working with me on this. Uh, they had done some research when I was at P&G about purpose and, our, and, and the industry. And, and actually, you know, funny enough, I was uh, working with, I was talking to Lee Clow and the folks at TBWA Shiat Day when I was at P&G. We weren't actively working with them at the time, but we were thinking about working with them. And as I was talking about kind of my point of view on brands and purpose with Lee, he just said, you should write a book and I'll help you with it. So actually, uh, when I left P&G, Lee Clow and the team at TBWA you know, helped me with concepts and designs and titles and were extremely helpful. Lori Coots, who was the CMO at the time, and Lee and the whole team were real helpful for me to get started with the book. Mm -hmm. So the book was a collaboration and, um, and I, I wanted research behind it, so I contract with Millward Brown and I want it to be stories and inspire people, but also I wanted a CFO who read the book to be convinced that this is going to have a dramatic impact on our company's top and bottom line. Mm -hmm. How did your life at P&G prepare you to really become a visionary on purpose? P&G has always been, gosh, going back to its founding, a purposeful company. Mm -hmm. uh, Procter and Gamble were purposeful people. They had extremely high standards about products and consumers and employees. So the company's always had, I think, a deep ethical base. And certainly many of my mentors there, as I evolved as a manager and leader over 25 years at P&G, taught me a lot implicitly and explicitly about the role brands can play in people's lives. So I mean, even to this day, John Pepper, who was chairman and CEO of P&G, a remarkable leader, I'm still working with him on some projects. In fact, we have a book project we're kind of working on together right now. So there were a lot of mentors that I learned a lot from over the course of my career. And P&G is never complacent about its brand building model. So I learned an awful lot as about brands and people and marketing and motivation, purpose throughout my career. It's a laboratory, right? Sure. It's, it, it, during my time, it was literally hundreds of brands. So it was a great place to experiment when I was CMO, I had a small team who kind of was creating the next evolution of our brand building model. And there were some, several people on that team who were doing a lot of early work on purpose. And we, of course, visited companies that we admired who we felt were acting on purpose. And um, so our model changed to, I think, be more, more heart and head versus just head. P&G was always good at the head part, you know, very, very strong at at left brain. So I think what we did is we, we, we became a bit more right brain and I think we were ahead of the curve on this. Just saying, you know, our consumers are going to be expecting companies to take responsibility for their brands to uh, perform well for them and to, um, and in some small way, you know, make a difference in their life. And, and so that, that, that evolved how we thought about brands. You know, P&G was always good at the functional benefits. So what we brought into a layer on top of that was a sense of how can we, through our brand's behaviors, sort of make life a bit more delightful, a bit happier, a bit simpler, a bit more, a bit more meaningful for people. Mm -hmm. Does it give you a sense of satisfaction seeing how successful most P&G brands are today? Oh, of course it does. Okay. You know, I, I stood on the shoulders of the people who taught me and, uh, and I think the leaders there are standing on the shoulders of the people who taught them, and, and hopefully I'm one of them. So Unilever CEO, 
was recently quoted as saying, we believe the evidence is clear and compelling that brands with purpose grow. You've been making that same argument for years, <laughs> yep. going back to your P&G days. So I'm just curious, you know, why has it taken brands so long to fully embrace purpose? Well, I think we haven't, Alan is right at, at Unilever, and I, I love what he's doing and the standard he's setting. I, I think the reason it's taken a while is we still haven't been able to directly link the activation of purpose to financial metrics. So I think we still have a gap in the industry. You know, net promoter score, mm -hmm. we look back, that has been a key intervention to help people be more customer focused and understand customer satisfaction better. And it's a simple measure, it's easily scalable, it runs across industries, and a lot of leading companies like IBM are using it in a very, very, very foundational way. We, haven't, we don't have the same type measurement tool on purpose, even to this day. I think we have, a, we have a lot of data on purpose, and that's why you're seeing the industry move now. And my book was one, one part of that, but there are many, many, many other studies. But I still think, and this is an innovation project of mine, I still think we need the equivalent of NPS for purpose. Mm -hmm. And we're working that project with a fabulous big data company right now. And I don't have any specifics to share right now, but we are going to make progress on that. And that to me is the next evolution of my purpose. Sure. You know, I want to find a way that we can scale this, measure it, and prove beyond doubt to investors, to Wall Street, to CFOs, that here are the key levers of purpose on your business, and if you nail these, and here's the measurement for it, you will see the impact on top and bottom line. Why do you think it's been so slow? I think for leaders, it's a different way to lead. And I think a lot of the senior leaders in industry today came out of a model, right? And it's an operational model. And they've been rewarded for delivering quarter to quarter good results, which is not easy to do, good results on their, on their team, on their, on their business. I feel like when you lead with purpose, A, it starts with a tremendous empathy for your customer, curiosity, a, a different standard for behavior, and different language and different stories and different KPIs. Mm -hmm. So I think it's been slow to move because I think a lot of our leaders in business don't go to that leadership style naturally. And the ones that do, I think, are have great resonance. A lot of startups do, right? Because they start with a lot of passion for an idea, an unmet problem, a frustration with something and they're relentless about learning about that and solving for that. And they don't care as much about, you know, the, what the titles are and the silos and the politics. They're pretty pure on what problem they're trying to solve. And so I think big companies are discovering that and realizing it works. And I mean, Unilever is a good example. You know, Dove was an early believer in this. So Dove 20 years ago shifted their meaning, their purpose, they went against a lot of the trends in the beauty industry, and they got some reaction, they got some resonance, they got more confidence, and they've never been complacent on their purpose, and they've grown, I don't know, 300% or something in that time period. So Unilever's learned from Dove, and so now they have conviction, and they're spreading it, and they're even talking about divesting brands who are not proving to have some sort of purpose with their consumers and for the world at large. So why has it been slow? I mean, any meaningful change in business 
doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. I think from when I left P&G to now, which is 10 plus years ago, there's been great progress. You know, number one word in the A&A last year. Mm -hmm. uh, if you went to Cannes this year, every major award was a brand that had a purpose that they were activating. So it is tipping. I still feel to scale it the way we need to scale it, we need a different way to measure it, and it needs to be something that that Wall Street's asking for. Mm -hmm. That will be our success criteria. One last question on that. Uh, your company developed this purpose scorecard. Mm -hmm. yep. Can you just tell me a little more about that and how that's helping your clients? Sure. Well, that you know, the scorecard has, we try to make it simple and come up with sort of six things to look for to know that you're on the right track on purpose. And the six areas are, are, are not, would not be surprising to you. You know, one's certainly about the consumer, one's about employees, one's about leadership, one's about your heritage. So it's a little bit of a checklist. So if you're on this journey, you know, are you thinking about all these various things and do you have strategies in place, you know, for these various areas in the checklist? It's developed through some of the quant research we've done and of course it's, it's, it's developed through the, through anecdotal, I mean, we've worked now in 10 years with, deeply with 100 plus companies. I've been in about 400 companies talking about purpose. So our, our um, experience now is a decent database. So the, the scorecard of the checklist is based on that, but it falls short of being a hard measure linking purpose to financial metrics, and that's what we're working on now. So shifting gears a little bit here, um, do you feel the agency world is beating the drum for purpose loud enough? No, no, and they're good at this. You know, in fact, um, most brands that have, a, have been activating a meaningful purpose over time, the agencies have had played a major role. They will go to this space more easily than a lot of company leaders, just because of how they're wired, right? They, they, um, they're typically whole-brained. They are the best agencies, are always thinking about your business and how to make it better and, and how to uh, engage people more in your brand. And so, so agencies play a key role, and, and um, gosh, many of them have done remarkable work. But are they beating the drum loud enough? Are their standards high enough with their clients? No. I think there's nothing better than an agency saying to a client, you know, your standards aren't high enough, and the briefs aren't inspiring enough, mm -hmm. and you're not asking enough of us. Mm -hmm. You know, in my career, when an agency turned to me and said those words as a client, I thought, shit, they're right. You know, my standards aren't high enough. And so I think agencies need to play more of that role more often. Do you feel clients aren't pushing agencies higher enough? I don't think, I don't, I mean, one characteristic I have seen, you know, I train a lot of marketers. You know, I have a program I do with Deloitte. I, have a, I teach at the Kellogg School. I do a program at the Cannes every year with CMOs. Consistently, what we see is the briefs clients give agencies are a, sometimes they don't give them briefs, and when they do, they're typically heavy, not inspiring, laden with constraints and boundaries versus just an inspiring, purposeful rally. You know, well, I mean, I'll speak about P&G here for a minute. I think the Tide team has just done remarkable work. You know, the crazy Super Bowl campaign, you know, where every, every ad's a Tide ad. That idea has won so many awards. It won the Marketing Effectiveness Award at Cannes this year. It got a Grand Prix last year. You know, what was the brief on that? What did P&G ask the Tide agency team to do? Which, by the way, was a very diverse team. It's one reason that 
idea was so good. They just said to them, we want Tide to be the most talked about thing during the Super Bowl week. I mean, what a brief. And then they had the trust to let the agency really go off and deliver that. So we need more of that. So you've said that if purpose was easy, everyone would do it successfully. Love that one. What areas do you feel brands are still falling short? Even the ones that embrace purpose, I think what happens is they're not consistent and they're not coherent. And what do I mean by that? I think consistency is, you know, brands run across many countries or geographies. Even, even, a, even a brand in one country has many regions. So to deliver that purpose, let's say Dove, for example, we just talked about that. How many brands has Dove sold in? I don't know, 100 or how many countries has Dove sold in? Maybe 150. So are they consistent in, in how the brand shows up? and the impact the brand wants to make in the world, in the purpose and how it's activated. I'm not talking about being the same. I'm talking about being consistent. That's tough. To manage that ecosystem as a global brand leader is tricky. So, and then coherence, you know, are you coherent over time? You know, does the brand feel like it has the same purpose, personality, intent, you know, over time? because we, we tend to get tired of stuff as agencies and clients way before consumers even understand what we're sure. doing. So I think to be consistent and coherent over time is really challenging. And, and to do that while, while expecting constant innovation on it. A purpose shouldn't change much, if ever, frankly, but how you bring it to life and how you engage people with it and how you innovate inspired by the purpose has to always be changing. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's a tough thing to lead. You think that's what makes some companies nervous because of those challenges, because it's tough? Yes, and, and, and many companies aren't even set up to run a global brand consistently, consistently and coherently. You know, if you're extremely decentralized, this is very hard to do. Mm. If you're radically centralized, it's also hard to do. To me, the magic is a team that shares the same purpose, the same KPIs, the same goals, the same operating principles. And when that's in place, you have a chance. Mm -hmm. But if that's not in place, good luck. So who should drive purpose? The CEO. It has to be the CEO. Okay. Now, are they, is it where the idea starts? Maybe not, probably not. But if the CEO does not see this as important to her or him, her or his job, in the company, in their language, in what they ask for, in what they measure, then it's, it's, it's not going to catch. Mm -hmm. Purpose is a company idea, it's not a brand idea, it's not an individual idea. I ask you how many CEOs do you think actively talk about and measure purpose? Is this, you know, I think we would probably put that number, you know, in one hand. Mm -hmm. So that's the progress we have to make. But the CEOs are not dumb. They're really smart people that are running, that have tough jobs, complicated jobs. So they have to see this as important. Mm -hmm. And you know, many of the pioneers that we admire, the Indra Nui's of the world, the Paul Pullman's, Ginny Rometty, the Steve Jobs, you know, they had a deep implicit sense of purpose, Howard Schultz, and it was how they ran their business. Mm -hmm. But is it the CEO working closely with marketing, do you feel? Yeah, there has to be that connection. I mean, the remit of marketing in great companies is to understand the customer, develop mind-opening insights, and to, to guide the brands and to create demand in the right way. So of course marketing has to embrace it and in many companies it often is led by marketing 
Although, you know, if R&D isn't on board, if supply chain isn't on board, if HR isn't on board, if finance isn't on board, it will be harder. So CEOs have to, have to see this as important to them. As you're well aware, and you've said this, and it's on your website, you know, pur purpose-driven organizations attract and retain higher quality talent. How does a company create a culture that places purpose at the center of the business? I often get asked this, how do you bring purpose to life? You know, one simple thing you can do to start with is every company has some form of feedback or performance reviews. Some do it in a more agile way. Some do it in a more kind of structured way, once a quarter or one, every half year, whatever it might be. Do you, in those discussions about performance and career pathing, do you talk about purpose? You know, before we have any numbers, you can at least start saying, here is, you know, uh, here's what the company's trying to be. Here's the, here's the purpose of the company. Here's how we're trying to bring it to life. What have you done this month, this week, this quarter yourself to bring that to life with our customers and with our employees? That simple question makes it important. So that's where you start. You know, you just start by having those discussions with people. And when a, when a CEO or CMO or, or any leader in a company comes to me or us and says, we, we like what you stand for, we'd like to do this, help us get started, you know, the most important first step is to engage and involve people. Because no one cares for your company more than the people in the company. And everyone wants to work for a company and a brand that seeks to make a difference. And we have oodles of data on that. And it's not a generational thing, although the data suggests that younger employees, the millennials, value this even greater than the, you know, the uh, general pop. You just have to start talking about it, engage people, involve them. That's where the ideas are. So Jim, the last question I have for you is, how are you leading a purposeful life outside of the office? I try to, I believe in bringing purpose to life with all organizations. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of passion. I think purpose, people get confused that purpose is uh, cause marketing or philanthropy or what you're doing for sustainability or climate change or whatever. Those are all good things. But purpose is not a side hustle. Purpose is why you're in business. It's central to your strategy. I kind of feel like people often say, well, I'm, I'm doing the business, but I also want to do purpose because people feel it's important. They are one and the same thing. So if purpose isn't your brand strategy or your company strategy, then it's going to be short term. So for me, my company strategy is to bring purpose to life. And that's what we love doing. That's what we read about. That's what we talk about. That's what we help companies do. So sort of my, my purpose in life is to help others discover their purpose and activate it. And to do that, you need to stay curious, stay inspired, stay fresh, you know, stay alert, stay healthy. So to me, what's important in my life vis-a-vis -vis purpose is helping leaders do this being a great husband, being a great dad, being a, 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 an important player in the community, being a great son, being a great brother. So to me, um, that's authenticity. I just realize the importance of breaks and renewal and taking time for yourself, for your loved ones, just makes you better mm -hmm. at work and as a leader. So, so this idea of blending, I guess, and staying fresh and knowing yourself I, I know myself so well, I know if I'm starting to get a little bit burned out, then I self-correct.
Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining me on Beyond Profit Podcast. I, I greatly appreciate it. It's been an honor. So if you want to learn more about the Jim Stengel Company, please visit jimstengel.com. That's jimstengel, S-T-E-N-G-E-L.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.